Actually, if you're listening to this podcast, welcome to Sessions with Mary Jane. I'm Brendan O'Brien. I'm Jordan Free. And I'm Marina Ezra. And we are lucky to be joined here in New Jersey, the best state in all the states, with our wonderful guest, filmmaker and actor from New Jersey, living in New Jersey, Steve Malone. Steve, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I didn't realize we were going. We're going. So we're in. We're started, right yeah, we yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, in reality, like, all of our phones are bugged anyway, so we're just like, on <laughs> yeah. one giant podcast that lasts for our entire lives now at this point anyway. Wow, and I like to, no, I was just going to say, I like to think that we're always God's podcast, you mm. know? He's just kind of <laughs> listening to us all day, yeah. talking but about he, stupid he stuff in our houses. He definitely pauses and fast forwards. Yeah, probably there's stuff forward. he probably wants to skip. Yeah, he's on three times speed. <laughs> he's just like, but then he he slows down for the Squarespace ads. Right, right. <laughs> God loves ads. Yeah. God's capitalist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just has a great website. Yeah. Jesus.com. Yeah. Which is slash like, God. See, I said, I said you were from New Jersey, but actually I didn't even ask. Like, are you from New Jersey originally, or where is your your birthplace? My birthplace is in a place. Called, <laughs> you might have heard of it called Hackensack. 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 Ah. Fountains of Wayne. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, if you have a Fountains of Wayne song, you're in New Jersey. Yes. Yes. Do you like Hackensack or did you like Hackensack? Uh, well, I, 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 okay. So I actually was born in Hackensack Hospital, but I grew up in, or I first lived in Clifton. Okay. Which is where I live now. <laughs> yes. But then, yeah, I was in Little Falls and then I was in Mount Olive, mainly where I grew up in Morris County, and, but I've always been in Jersey. Yes. Yeah. Which, which town would you identify as your hometown? Mount Olive. Okay. How come? I mean, I was there from like five through, you know, I went to college basically. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was there for a long time. Yeah. Yes. How was growing up? Is it a busy household? Was it just you? Uh, I have, I have a, a brother and two sisters. And my parents, so it was like there were six of us in the house. It was like pretty tight until um, both my older siblings went to college. So it was a pretty busy household. My mom was mostly like at home. Um, she she worked, but like off and on. And my dad was always, you know, doing that. Gotta go make the money thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As we all do. So you knew from like a young age you were always in the creative sphere. Uh... Sort of. I feel like I was always kind of like a little, I don't know, I was like a little aimless for a long time, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was always really into music, and my my dad and my brother had a big love of music um, and knowledge of music, so that was like a big thing, like music knowledge and kind of, uh, they played guitars, I like, was a, was a, I thought of myself more as like a musician than anything else for a long time, mm-hmm. and then kind of got into filmmaking and storytelling more when I was in college actually mm-hmm. um, yeah and and like late high school but yeah I've been playing like guitar since I was really little so that was always like my big creative outlet for a very long time it's a good 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 friend yeah. so who, who who did you first play who yeah, did you first learn on guitar uh, if I can tell you the first two songs I learned on guitar it, they were just riffs I learned the uh, dueling banjos riff I played that probably like a million times. Yeah. My dad would just be like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, that, that's always fascinating to play though, because like you, like everyone knows that sound and then yeah. that, that song, so it's just like, "Oh, I'm playing something that is like like noteworthy that everyone knows." Isn't yeah, that I, tune also the beginning of Boy Meets World? No, no. But it's similar. It sounds like it though, it's right? It's a deliverance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen deliverance yet. Yes, but people would like say that, and I, and I was like, "Yeah, like, I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kid playing. Yeah. And the other one was uh, uh, "Smoke on the Water." Dan, uh, Dan, 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 that riff. Classic. So, I 
Yeah, I played those way too much. <laughs> yeah. For like a year and a half. Yeah. Do you get like similar satisfaction making music and making movies? Yeah, I I think the making I think making movies and is more like uh it's more collaborative and I, at least for me at this point music is more like personal kind of a thing like it's just me kind of yeah. a lot of the time not always but a lot of the time uh so I think like it's more um yeah collaborative in terms of making a film and like you bring all these other ideas and it's more you're kind of like you're you're there's more input from other people coming into what's going out then I think uh when I make music at least that, at this point it's kind of been like this like sort of like self journal kind of a kind of a thing yeah I was gonna, music music feels like a very internal process and then film well I mean does that make sense because <laughs> I mean sing in your head it's definitely internal <laughs> no but I mean it starts with like I don't know even if you're doing like just a melody or instrumental or lyrical like there is something internally you're processing yes like with film but it's different when you're I guess just because when I think of sound and it's like oh a feeling or whatever but like film is very visual yeah. like so for me it has that external aspect right. if that makes sense that's how I view it but also yeah we can just throw that out. You're all looking at me like I'm like, no, okay, no, yeah, no. I guess it's still that's, that's our listening faces, Rita. <laughs> yeah, but, but, I might be only process processes. But uh, inherently film is like requires more people to be involved. In music, you could do it with one person, you could do it with, you know, maybe maybe as much as we want, but like usually like <laughs> between one and five is the common number, I guess. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I feel like going back to the thing about the the point about it feeling very internal and like, and like very personal is like you can like play music for yourself and you're like, oh, this is lovely. I'm just like playing music for myself. It's something about like if you make a movie by yourself with no one else involved and you just watch it, it's like not as satisfying. The audience right, element, right? yeah, is different. It's yeah. different when people like see your work or they hear you. I don't know. Like you were saying, like self journaling. I don't know. You could keep certain things with music private that yeah. you don't ever have to show yeah. people but also it is very different chaos yeah. like in the process with music versus like film if you're talking about on set and like there's so much going on and you're like crunch your time you're like blah 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 like yeah. certain things um i don't know you would like speak more to that than me because i don't dabble at all in music but like mm -hmm. like feeling rushed sometimes when it comes to film versus yeah there's, you're accountable to a lot more people and expectations from other there's just so much yeah, yeah yeah exactly so many yeah. other movies i guess it depends like I, I if i was somebody like i have a fr uh, i have friends that are in bands and that's like they, they have a different reference for that versus film than i do because i've mostly just been playing with myself except for like a couple little things mm -hmm. here and there but i don't have that kind of at the moment at least don't have that kind of like um expectation from in terms of getting and producing like music on a consistent basis at all so, yeah, but so when it comes to just shift gears a little bit, can shift the gears. Let's shift the gears. Let's put it <laughs> up and down. Everyone shift your gears down. <laughs> um, when it <laughs> is that what gears sound? Yeah, like yeah. Now? Don't, don't your gears sound <laughs> yeah, that old 
Mr. Oh, Tesla oh, over here before <laughs> crashing. <laughs> you sound like this, like. <laughs> that's what it sounds when you press the clutch. That's exactly what it sounds like right. in a manual car. I got right. that right. Cool. Thank you. Justin, because of course we want to talk about so much more about canned, um, but we'll you know go back to your early days. Um, sure. But just for canned specifically, was there anything you were involved in when with music? the music of that project or any project before that? Yeah, um, I did the I did the music on a couple. So my friend Jake Shapiro, who's a great musician, he's in a, a band called Twice Removed. Um, that's great. Jersey City-based band. Shout out. Nice. Yeah. And we did the music together on a film. Uh, so we did, I've done like four 48-hour films. And... Wow. Three that I produced, two that were good, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> how do you define good? What is that? Like? Uh, is that they're, all, they're, all, they're, hours? they're all special, but it's like such like a, you know, it's just compl- it's like total chaos. Those things yeah. they're really fun though. They're great. Like figure it out, yeah, face kind of a thing. It tests you and it challenges yeah. you, right? So yeah. two of them were really uh, they they were all good, but the the, the last two were really solid. But the we had a score in the um, the last two. And I'm sorry, I take it back. Three of them were anyway. They're, they're great. You realize that the, that one of them was good. Yeah, so it was so pretty no, good. Was fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, there is. Um, yeah, I did the music in one of them solely, and then Jake did the music in another one with me. That was really good. Uh, so like those. That's how the most I did that. And then for this one, um, did not do really any music myself. Um, we actually like licensed two songs for it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't, I've only done a couple and it's mostly been like pretty like just guitar focused kind of music. Yeah. Yeah. So but I, that's like a dream is to one day like do like a, you know, music for a film of some kind like that. Yeah. Would, like, would you want to do it for your own film or would you prefer to do music for someone else's film? Uh, I, I guess it would be either, I guess for my own is like the, it'd be like a great cool thing to do at some point, but yeah. it's like, you can't like force yourself in there and be like, yeah. Oh, Put my fucking music in there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like John Carpenter did it. And he's yeah. he did pretty well for himself, right? But yeah, but I mean, it's got to be like the right. You know, it's got to feel good. It's right. like if I so if it were somehow that was to happen, that'd be cool. One day. Right. You know? There, there is something too about like the new tools we have for music. Yeah. How you literally could just be composing in your room. Like our composer for a hundred words was probably just in his room or his home right. studio, like doing it. Yeah. When like you used to think of it as like, yeah, John Williams has an orchestra yeah. he's <laughs> conducting and he yeah. wrote the music and yeah. he knows what it's saying in his head. Right. Now it's like you could like lay down beats like very electronically and I feel like right. it could be like a very personal experience with like a film that you made and like yeah. watching your baby like in your house. It <laughs> goes back sure. to us saying like the number of people as technology has evolved sure. it's become like you are less reliant on people you're like oh well I could just learn yeah. to do everything myself but then I feel like it does miss that human spark or human element right. when you are like in the mess with people and you have your heads together and then it's yeah. I mean, I'm not that self-confident where I'm like, I have to ask people or bounce things off of people to be like, oh, is this the right thing? Oh, well, what about this? Or what do you think of blah, blah, blah? But some people can like, I mean, Bo Burnham, was he inside? Just him? The whole thing? I think so. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I think he was. But I'm just saying like that. That's crazy. Yeah, like, that's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> I feel like that was like the time to do that though. I feel like if you were trying to do that now, you'd 
be kind of like really driving yourself crazy. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. No, he like timed that out very well in terms yeah. of like re- like making that and releasing I, it at like the yeah. right time and like and like yeah. Just everything like felt like it was like it was at the right point in time. I loved seeing him like snap though <laughs> when he went oh my gosh. It's like Yeah, totally. It's like fuck yeah. It's yeah. like now that I'm doing that thing that he's doing, but you know, you're like working on something or just like in regular life, you're just trying to keep up and just like get things going and something else fucking gets in there and you just go fuck yeah <laughs> and it's really very relatable of like it's like even with that too and like uh like you're watching it and you're like oh this sounds like in your mind it sounds good but like as the creator he knows it's not what he wants to sound like so right. one little thing throws him off and then you just like there's like nothing like no reaction you would have but just like that like that gutter roll it's like like frustration <laughs> with yourself and frustration that it just like, didn't go the way you wanted to go. Yeah. Um. Wait. So, uh, so can you tell us um how did the idea for Canned come about? And also for those who don't know, uh, listening, please explain what Canned is. Yes. So Canned is a short documentary film about the last group of Canned Laughter artists in show business. They work um on a show called Love Me Please, which is a forty-five <laughs> season spanning sitcom. Uh, that uh, is. And the group is spearheaded by Sherman Kinsley, who's the laugh coordinator. And it's basically a group of four people that are kind of um, the canned laughter yeah, artists mm-hmm. that are kind of behind the scenes of this show. And they all are kind of met with the realization, more or less, that their time is coming to an end. And, and basically as an art form. And, you know, well, now what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the... It's such a fun concept. (laughs) It's just so good. It looks so good, and the characters are just so... I love the style. Yeah. There's also something about it, too, that, like... It is just about the end of canned laughter, but, like... It feels like we're already in the end of, like, TV as we know it. Like, outside of, like, Netflix, like, Disney+, Plus, like, Apple TV, TV, and, like, HBO, which, like, some people watch when it comes out, but most people don't. Like, there aren't really shows that you watch when they happen anymore. Yeah. So it's like, these types of shows, like, don't even feel like they exist anymore. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think there's, like, a... I think there's something that was, like, not really intentional with the film where it was, like, you know, it's canned laughter. It's like this art form, but like, yeah, you could be a filmmaker, like an independent filmmaker, and you feel like making an independent film is just like harder to get made. Like, like that creative art form is just so much challenging now. It's like, oh man, if I could just, you know, it's like, yeah, Marvel's doing great. <laughs> it's like this is doing great. It's like what you know. I just saw Bo is Afraid. That was great. Mm-hmm. But like, there's still like great films like that being made that are really like, you know, like what the fuck that are great that are just they just snap you like into like this other world like that that isn't Mar- the Marvel Universe. <laughs> and, uh, but, but it's also like I think musicians have that kind of a feeling where it's like, you know, there's like no money in it kind of a thing and there's this art form. It's, so it's kind of speaking about like I think like insert your passionate thing that you're into and how it's kind of gotten harder to do mm-hmm. or not or, or more challenging to do or been considered less valuable by whatever metric out there you know kind of yeah i mean there's so much for art in general it's always like is this still relevant is this still timely Mm -hmm. how does this hold up how does this like everyone's trying to keep up with the new but i think things just get saturated marvel stuff and every other big blockster if you have another transformers movie or another fast and furious movie it's the market is so saturated i think people eventually will it's full circle people will eventually likes a lot of social medias 
things are not, I mean, what goes up eventually comes down. So mm -hmm. I feel like it will plateau. It'll come to whatever decline, but things will revamp. I think mm -hmm. people are yearning for, especially post pandemic, people are yearning for, oh my God. Like, so when more and more people I talk to have criterion mm -hmm. and it's, it's just like, oh yeah, people did not, we didn't know what that was or people weren't watching old classics or people right. weren't watching old, like, hidden gems that thing or they're like oh what were what was this director's influence oh my god i can see a whole collection on here. and there's weird shit on there too there's like, weird yeah. shit on like, there. It, it gets harder and harder to like strangely with like, as, as like hugely saturated as the market is i feel like it's like harder and harder to find like genuinely odd things and genuinely yeah. weird things like the internet definitely has a lot of weird and unusual things but like in movie theaters it's like it's, you're, it's not as, as um, prevalent, basic. I guess. Yeah. I think people will get tired of basic, though, or they'll get tired of the same spiel. A huge, like, Marvel fans are tired of the thing, the same formula you're doing every single time. Yeah. So something yeah. like yours, I was just like, oh, my God, you can immediately see this as, like, an expanded series, as something. But, like, mm -hmm. it, I this is something I could see that I would just sit down and watch. I yeah. would probably binge. But, <laughs> yeah. but like, what were your plans for Canned? Was there anything more to that? Or this was just, like, a one-and-done... Yeah, so, we, um, yeah, I'm actually trying to expand it into, like, a more... I think I'm leaning towards the... This thing was, like, would it be... Would it work as a feature? Would it work as, like, a series where you expand it? So it's, like, Canned Laughter is just one sort of part of the... Of a, a like a post production sound kind of a place, yeah. Mm. So there's a couple. So I'm. It's kind of being worked on, but kind of like, yeah, kind of expanding it. And maybe using this this version of the film as like a proof of concept is kind of what I think we're leaning towards a little nice. bit. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but going going back to like initial insp inspiration though, or how we uh, how I came up with the idea, uh, it was kind of a funny story. So I work, I, I work in broadcasting, like mostly like news and, um, and, and a little sports, but anyway, so like, but like broadcast engineering kind of, mm -hmm. um, and my first job out of college was like in master control, it's called. And I, it was like, it's like, it was an overnight job and you would watch like programming and it'd be really, really terribly make, basically you're making sure all the ads are running and there's no hiccups on air because mm -hmm. then you have to that ad is going to be like hey we want our money back so right. it'd be like kind of a, oh you're that guy yeah and they're like it's your fault if it's the right way <laughs> yeah there's like yeah it's a, yeah so that was the basic so thing. i'm watching so, tv and i'm like oh all these ads are seamless everything I would, together i'd be like oh it's <laughs> i wouldn't really mess with the ads really i would just make sure they i would just be there's a lot of other things in the job but the biggest thing i would say would be watching all the all the programming for that for the shift and making sure all the ads were, you know, screened properly. If there's any mistake, there's like a backup system that you'd switch to, and then the ads would be safe on that system. Mm -hmm. So it'd be so like kind of this, yeah, it's a kind of a weird uh, job. That was my first job, and it was like overnights, and I'd be like half asleep. But I watched a lot of the shows on those overnight shifts. Would be like Good Times and like mm. there's a, a few others. I'm trying to I forget who else, what, what other shows, but. Um, a lot of good times <laughs> and uh seinfeld uh, the most classic I, I saw seinfeld that was more in the evenings okay so in the overnight it wouldn't be so much uh, damn. but it, by, <laughs> but they also would have like there'd be like a four-hour period be like, be like maury uh bill cunningham <laughs> jerry, jerry springer rest in peace <laughs> and uh there was one other one jerry springer was like the end of that like four hours chunk. but it would be like four wow. four three or four hours of those kinds of shows and then by the way so I'm like half asleep one time and good times is on hearing the laugh track and I was like, oh, like what if they were like artists? And that was the, 
but I was like half asleep and watching it for like, and this is like six months in the year into the job. And I kind of had this weird, like silly idea. Yeah. Well, that long ago. That was 2014. Yeah. But that was like the first like seed. And then, yeah, kind of, so it was like slowly chipped away on the script for like a a long time and kind of bounced up. I'm part of a writer's group and we all kind of use each other as soundboards and kind of, uh, I read the script many times in there and uh, Anthony Echo was a co-writer on it and he joined, which made it really good. So there was like a lot yeah, of the writing community. is really good. I really like the writing. Yeah. That was, a, that was also like part in part because of the big, again, community that from college that, um, I'm still, we're, we also, uh, communicate a lot about our, our, uh, ideas and stories. So oh, that's, that's great. Huge. That's amazing. Huge help. I highly recommend. Yeah. This is the crew from Marijuana Minutes, correct? Yeah. 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 Which you, so, which you also be able to saw you in at, uh, yeah, very different. So much fun. Very entertaining. Yeah. 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 How, when did that project start? Like, like the fir- the initial parts of it, at least for yourself. Uh, uh, so they started shooting that in March of 2020, mm-hmm. and then I think we had like a table reading in in that that spring or like maybe the summer before or something maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had read the script like you know I guess like a year before they shot it maybe or maybe less than that. I forget the exact timeline, but. Um, I, that was in the that was read in the writers group that I'm in too that, that Ryan's in so mm-hmm. that was as I recall so that was um, yeah so I, I I've I read like early drafts of it and I was lucky to that was great to be part of also like you know being involved in marijuana minutes and that film was huge for kind of seeing them go through the process before I went through can was really was really beneficial too yeah. um, especially in light of COVID and like dealing mm. with that. And you know that was so it was really good. We kind of I was like I would call him and be and like have issues or like just need to like talk it over because he'd been through it. And so I would I me and Ryan would talk about you know I I call Ryan up and kind of about different topics. So shout out to Ryan Moore who's very yeah. and grateful. Yeah, yeah. Love and then the, the marijuana man's poster makes an appearance in Can right in the background. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> One of the takes. So that's in a scene where there's like a commotion. And headphones are thrown. Yeah. yeah. And in one of the shots, we couldn't make it work as a continuity, but in one of the shots, they throw it at the poster, and the poster falls. Uh, and, it, and it would have been like perfect, but yeah, it didn't. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> but how is your writing process? Um. Yeah. So. Again, I would. So so Anthony Ecker came on as a co-writer like late into basically once production start was starting, Echo more or less maybe not starting but. like recently before it he had basically been coming in to write more at that point but i had been i had done like 20 drafts without mostly without him and uh in terms of me writing it was like it would just be off and on just depend it was was almost like cycles and i didn't really have like a production mindset until really um until like covid hit i didn't really like go harder into the script to finish it yeah um because then I was just at home more, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna make this thing." Yeah. So that was like a big, uh, and, yeah, that was a big thing of like, "I'm gonna do this." And again, we were we were meeting in the writers group all the time, so that was another big thing. So I, I probably was doing it before COVID as well, honestly. But I was definitely, um, it definitely like ticked up because we were meeting more consistently on mm-hmm. Zoom, I think. Yeah. And that was like I was really bringing it in to sharpen it up more and more. And then once we went into production, we did like five different weekends um, over a year and a half about. Um, yeah, about a year and a half. And like every time we finished like one weekend, 
we'd be and we'd schedule out the logistics like which which pages we were going to cover for the next weekend which might be like a month out it might be like three months out uh me and echo would just kind of like really like talk about and tighten the script Mm -hmm. um for those scenes and for the entire script too but like we would really hone in on those scenes Mm -hmm. so there was that and then the other thing about you know the writing of uh, and how it came out is there's a lot of impro- improvising so that was a big I was just gonna I was about to ask yeah I didn't know I didn't yeah I couldn't yeah. did you go into it knowing there was going to be a lot of improv or was that something that just kind of happened naturally no we, I really want that was like a big thing I really wanted was I wanted you know people that could improvise a lot so the lead actor Phil Cassell who's great um, who I called Phil Casale for like six months. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> he was so nice. He didn't, he didn't correct me. And then I heard him say it once. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. But uh, he's a great improviser. Um, he's worked at the pit a lot in the city. And I forget where else he's worked. I know primarily there, though. But he's a wonderful improviser. So much of his stuff got in. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan Patterson, who, who I think is more, ha- has done more theater stuff. Uh, but he does a lot of everything. He did a great job improvising. Um, I don't think he like had done a lot of improv per se, but he, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, Marcy Weber had a really great, um, she also was in, in, improvising a lot. And then, uh, so Sophia Parola was great. Um, she kept saying, I'm not funny, but I was like, no, you're great. It's making me laugh. It's funny. So yeah. she, she was great. And then, um, Adam James Barth, who plays the audio engineer in the film, he was in my improv two class that we were both in. I love uh, that character. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> so most of that stuff was him improvising. Okay. Um, that made it in. That he, that oh he's my talking. gosh! Almost yeah. all of that is improv. That's cool. Wow! Yeah. Wow! That's cool. So I don't think he had any lines. I think his only line in the script is uh, uh, Sherman Regina Woodley would like to talk to you upstairs immediately. I think is the only line. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> it's so seamless. Like it was yeah. so, and it also it feels like. You're look like watching a real life person. You're like, oh yeah, right. I could totally see yeah. this person's like with their job and right. Yeah, that's very good. yeah, that was so grounded. The I knew he did music. Um, he plays a lot of music in the film too, but he's really like a great musician. Mm. Um, and I, again, he was. We were both in the same improv class, improv level two, in the city that happened, and we were halfway through it when COVID hit, mm. and we were like um, the last pit comedy class wow. that was happening and like in our class there she was like all the other classes are coming in today and it's just us let's just fucking do it everyone say we did it, it wow. Wow. um yeah nice. but uh if i didn't take that class i wouldn't have met adam and you know it was he did such a great job everyone man that was been so fun on set especially when you have yeah. like you know improvisers or i mean of course anybody who's in theater but also with, I was going to say, um, having a writing group or a writer's group, like as do we, we have ours, but even like a partner, I find that is like a huge motivator. Yeah. Because then it's just like, oh, you're like also excited to bring it to the table and you're like, oh my God, oh, what are they going to think about this? Right. Like, oh, what are they, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, everyone was like totally game and like a lot of people brought their ideas to the table for like improv too. Like, like uh, even like, you know, the production design department, whatever department, they everyone like felt, which I felt really good about and wanted was like, they felt comfortable to like bring an idea to like one of the producers and then like would kind of bring it to me and be like, hey, what do you think of? And they'd be like, yeah, like, let's do it. Sure, we have time. Yeah, yeah if, we had, if we had time, which sometimes we didn't. Um, but yeah, like for, for a lot of the uh, interview, like talking head bits of the film, those 
we had like a list of questions we gave to each person like in advance. Mm -hmm. So I forget, I think it was like about seven questions. It was like between five and 10 questions, I guess, uh, for each, for each of them. So that like two weeks out, I gave it to them and they, um, they had the answers. I didn't know what the answers were until the day. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it was, uh, yeah. So it was like a great surprise. We were all laughing. And, I, and sometimes I would laugh and I, I would actually break in the middle of it and I would actually have to ask, you just especially Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Ruin the take. <laughs> I definitely ruined. <laughs> I think that was what, that was in the 48 hour films that I, I really, there's a couple, there's like this one moment that I laughed so hard during the take, but it was like 3.30 in the morning mm. and I could tell everyone was really angry at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I cannot do that going forward. Yeah. Like, yeah, really I can't do that laughing. with our sketches sometimes. I literally have to turn around and not look at them because yeah. it's not, it's not easy. Yeah. 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 What's like the biggest challenge in making a comedy, especially in terms of like maintaining like a certain consistent like comedic tone or even just like knowing when you got the right take for it? Um, yeah, that's, I mean, one, hmm, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can, you know how you can be writing and you could be, ha it could be going really well. And you're just like, you can do that on set too, but you're accountable to so many people. So you have to really be oh, like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, have to be, yeah. you have to kind of like be like, all right, that's enough. Like mm -hmm. we, we got it. And right. sometimes I think I would maybe go a little too much um, or like want to keep going and be like, all right, we should, we should probably move on. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's so much fun. So it's like, it's like, yeah. part of like you're, you, you are still doing it for the fun of it. So you want right. to keep enjoying it, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there was, again, because there was so much for this one, because there was so much improv and there was so many people with so many great ideas. I felt like I would, I would just like throw things at them and they would just nail it. And I would be like, they'd make me think about something else. And then you want to get the, you want to like, Oh, let me throw this in the bag. And then you, you can just keep, you can keep doing that. Mm -hmm. So you got to really kind of hone in on, on the things that you really need and what you, you know, what would be nice to get and kind of being realistic sometimes or yeah. being a little more aware of that. So that, that could be challenging, but it's so much fun. Yeah. And also if everyone else is having fun, sometimes everyone's going it's contagious. Drunk with, yeah. drunk with comedic, uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> Did you always know it was going to be a mockumentary? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was in one, in the writer's group, there was an idea about making it based in like the seventies. Uh, like, like, oh, I fun, can see that. Like, I can totally see it, that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Um, Jared, that was Jared Cardenas mm -hmm. said that. From, uh, did you know, you know Jared? He, he was in uh, Marijuana Minutes, yeah, right? He's, yeah. Um, what's the character's name? He's the one that wears the bathrobe, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a ne'er do well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he said that. I was like, what if this was in the 70s? He was like, oh, I can't unsee it now as an idea. So. Yeah. I do like the little like flashback sequence that we do get in Cannes that's in there that. of like the, like, the old, like, when that was the old man. The old man. <laughs> Right, MCU, right? Because you're like the, you play the younger yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So that was uh, something I was really excited for. So. Yeah. And I thought, what do you think? Do you think we looked like uh, like I, I, I thought you looked oh, yeah. very, yeah, yeah, very similar. <laughs> yeah. Very, I was like, oh, this this is how he could look when he's old. Yeah. I, I thought it was way better than a lot of other like big like productions that do like the the casting of like an older person versus a younger person. Because there's so many times where I watch like HBO things or like movies, and I'm like. Yeah, they could have gotten anybody to play this younger version yeah. of them and they didn't like really get that close to them, you know? Right. I'm not gonna lie, this may be silly, but because I knew be beforehand, we were told like like who you were in Kant and we were told about the project and everything when we mm -hmm. um, met more of the, the crew and the cast of the people for um, at, for Marijuana Minutes at Garden State mm -hmm. Film Festival. 
I thought for a second, I was like watching and I was just like, is he the old guy? And they just did really good. Because <laughs> I was just like, that would have blown me away. But then I saw the flashback and saw you and I was like, oh, well, holy crap. <laughs> but yeah, your first split second, yeah. Uh, the, the guy who plays um, Alan Risdale, the canned laughter of old, he's 90. Hmm. Oh, wow. I thought he was like what? 80 at most. Wow. How'd you meet him? Um, I, I, we cast him through backstage. Okay. Wow. Um, what? so wild, right? Shout yeah, out backstage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We guess on backstage. He was great. He was, he's been consistently, it seems like, um, like a really loved character. Uh, people love that. His, his, yeah, it's, that was like the most, uh, it was really funny. That was all one day of shooting. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, on the day we, we, shot he had a lot of lines to get in the one day but um he 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 was ha he had an issue with a couple of the lines at one point but he said like he's like oh i have a short-term memory issue but by the way i'm 90 i'm 89 and i was like <laughs> oh fuck like, i had no idea because again i i just saw him on a screen the entire time yeah uh through zoom and whatnot so it was like yeah so but but he was amazing and super sharp and like you know, even though that happened, he was still, like, really, he had really great ideas. He just fucking nailed everything. Yeah. Like, the laugh at the very end, like, uh, initially, we were going to have, like, a definite, like, a in memory of. Um, and, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't. But he, Spoil it? You want to? But initially, we're, yeah, fuck it, I'll just do it. So initially, okay, he was going to be in, like, a body bag. <laughs> and he was, this guy was, like, down to do all this shit. Yeah. And Michael DeJoy, our cinematographer, who's great. Um, he was like, I, I think it's too much. He was like, basically, <laughs> him and Brittany's where our assistant director were kind of like, kind of quite, trying to be like, hey man, it's just, I think it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was kind of like, I think you get the point across and do something a little bit simpler. <laughs> and that was him coming in. He just did two takes of him laughing at the end that we used mm. for the, uh, which was great. Yeah. So. Is there anyone, uh, whether it be someone part of the cast or the crew, that you've had to have like a tough conversation with or somebody who wasn't really getting what you were trying to convey and it did not go well and it was a negative experience? Um, yeah, so... Mm, I haven't talked about this. <laughs> someone, someone who's... Uh, so no one on the... There's somebody on set, but I don't want to get into that. It was not, yeah. it wasn't like a, it was a small thing really. But there's someone that I had been working with creatively who's going to be a producer and we kind of butted heads on, we just butted heads. It was a kind of like a sort of like a power struggle kind mm -hmm. of a thing. And I, I just, we kind of decided amicably to not work together mm -hmm. um, on the project. And that was before we got into production. So it was kind of like all the pre-production was kind of happening. We were about to start and then, uh, you know, we're good. We're, we're still good, but, um, but they kind of did not stand as producer. And, uh, what would you take away so. from that experience? I think it was just like, um, uh, what did they take away? I guess it was just like, you know, some personalities don't mesh well together creatively or yeah, that's it, so true. It especially when it's like producer and director. Mm -hmm. So it just, it depends on in a different kind of hierarchy, maybe it'd be good, but in this one, it didn't on like an independent kind of a level maybe. And, um, yeah, it just didn't, it wasn't really meant to be, I think, to do that creatively, but uh, it was still like, I still learned a lot and still like some of those ideas made it into the film and were, were good and, and everything, but, um, and we still like, we'll help each other out, but it's just like, I guess that wouldn't be 
that in terms of that kind of relationship, I guess that wouldn't yeah, really yeah, happen. Or if it did happen again, there would have to be like other things discussed ahead of time that maybe we didn't talk about until we yeah. realized it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a business of people. Yeah, you're right. You're dealing with a lot of different personalities. Right, right. And it is like a film will always be a structure or a hierarchy. They right, really right. like to have that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess you can't do it without it. Yeah, I was gonna ask that, like, is that like, do you think that that like the kind of uh, normal structure of filmmaking? Do you think that is the most conducive to making films, or do you think there is like a world where there's other like oh, is it yeah variations on where to, where it might yeah. like there are benefits of like doing different kinds of structures? Yeah, I mean. Um, Hmm. I haven't thought about that. I mean, I, I think when there's a lot of money involved, I don't think you can really get past that. Yeah. We're, uh, for this film, there was like a little more wiggle room. Like there wasn't, like it was mostly self, like it was like some crowdfunding and like a lot of self-funding. Mm. So the other the thing was like, uh, yeah, it's hard. So I'm not really answering your question, but I'm just trying to think like, um, I, I guess if, when it comes to like there being a lot of money, I, I don't think so as much depending mm. on the project. Maybe with like vis visual effects and things like that, when it gets to that point where it's like you, you maybe you don't need as big of a team, you can kind of have more freedom for that kind of a thing. But I think in terms of bodies on the ground doing like all those jobs, it's, mm. it's kind of hard and I think yeah. it's necessary in a lot of ways. Yeah. But for for Canned, it was like no one was really being paid or if, if anybody was being paid, it was very little. Mm. Not that I don't want you to. If we get bought for a good amount of money, the film or something, I'll be I'll be trying to spread it around. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it, it, it's been like you know, you everyone's like coming on to help you basically and really doing you a favor for this big project, and you have to you have to you know I can't be like, uh, I can't be pulling like rank on people and being mm. like an asshole and, and things be, if it's like basically for nothing. I feel like yeah. It just doesn't feel, and it, it, people need to be into it. Um, and like, I think feel involved, especially if it's, um, going to be going on for a year and a half and it's five weekends and it's during COVID and all these things like you can't. So yeah, that's their time. We had, yeah, we had to like really like work, be flexible and like work with people on like what they can and can't do. And it was really it was really like stressful at times, mm. but uh, so logistically it was like one of the biggest undertakings. So logistic, logistically it was part of that. Yeah. Definitely with COVID too. And and also just like, again, creatively, like letting people feel like pretty free or, or not shutting people down. Like, um, Anthony Ecker, who's a co-writer, he actually had a whole other version of Canned as a story that he, <laughs> he was like, he like admitted to, and he'll, 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 he would talk about it too. And we, everything's fine. But he like was going, he wanted to kind of like swoop in and kind of have his script made. And mm -hmm. I, we kind of butted heads a little bit um, mm -hmm. and I had to like, let that, you know, I had to not take that personally. And he came in and became co-writer and it became what it is now, which we're really proud of. So if, you know, you could be like really tense and kind of really feel like I'm, I'm in charge. And like, I'm like, <laughs> like this is what, this is my thing. Yeah. And I think letting that kind of not be the uh, way you make a film and like kind of being more, you know, collaborative and kind of letting people into your story and kind of maybe changing things you've been holding dear for years. Because yeah. like, this yeah. was a script I had for, years there were certain things I, I had to let go of mm. that I, I had like had written in for like <laughs> four years mm. so it was like no my friend it's the baby yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah are there certain but, scenes in it that you, that are exactly the way you saw them in your head or the opposite like are there certain scenes that like you just like did not could not even conceive it coming out the way it did in your head as it did like um actually yeah I think the 
Yeah, the whip. Uh, I'm trying to think which ones came out. The Talking Heads, for like Phil's Talking Head, came out like how I was kind of hoping it would. Um, yeah, it's tough. Uh, that it's so interesting how nice. every phase is a new experience. Yeah. Writing yeah. it, then the next draft, and the next draft, and then actually doing it in person, and then when it, it goes through the the post tunnel, and you're like, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and Tom Mike, our editor, was like really great at. Um, really sharpening it down and helping me like kind of in terms of like you know they say killing your killing your darlings and all those things mm -hmm. like he was definitely like <laughs> the one being like what do you think about Nixon so but yeah in terms of your question I there was there there was a scene the whiplash scene which is like there's a scene where the lead actor is is sort of like a, a in Whiplash, where he's telling, like, not yeah. on my time, yeah. but it's, like, yeah. after. Yeah. Yeah. That scene didn't really play out. I was trying, I, it, the tension, I don't think, was really there where I was hoping it to get, but I thought that came out probably closest to what I wanted it to out of all the scenes. Yeah. Um, so that I felt pretty good about uh, in terms of that one. He, like, screams in his face. That's from, like, an early draft where he was just screaming in his face. Yeah, and yeah. That was ridiculous. Um, it, I thought it was actually turned out serious, more serious that scene than I expected it to. But Interesting. They played pretty comedically though too. I so. thought it was funnier because it had a more serious tone. Right. Yeah. I, then I thought it was just I was just like, oh man, this guy, like he's yeah. really taking it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because also the thing for me was just like, uh, like oh, it makes it seem more real, like as mm -hmm. if like oh, what yeah, these are real real people in a thing, whatever. But the you know, but you know, it is just a mockumentary. But right. still, yeah. you're just like. You you know what is it about it's very character driven it is about the people that are in the industry yeah. so it's just um yeah they were just fun to follow yeah i suppose it was like very similar like there was like definitely like uh like things that felt similar to like a christopher guest kind of tone obviously mm -hmm. like the mockumentary part but even that same thing yeah. where it's like very ridiculous very silly very over-the-top characters but then you have you have to have moments where it does feel very grounded and when like mm -hmm. stakes do feel real and like and that's the thing i think for this film especially that like does the most service is that like you know early on what the stakes are and like it's so important to the main character to like try to like keep them around and like the the interesting choices that you make in order to keep your dreams alive even if they're like detrimental to others and like the, the yeah. secrets you keep from your collaborators i think is a very that was a very interesting takeaway from watching this film mm -hmm. that like i, I going into you like you like don't expect because like you like you know the premises but then you're like oh that's like Right. At least for me, like, what, like, a lot of it was about, too. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, um, it was, it was kind of, uh, you know, like, initially it was going to be more of, like, all of them, like, kind of a more of an ensemble thing, and then it was really became clear it was more of Sherman's story, mm -hmm. and what he was, he was really protecting this thing, you know, mm -hmm. so, like, really, really strongly. And then at um, the end, when he's still a teacher, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then before that, I was yeah. telling them earlier, when we were talking about the stand-up comedy scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So many spoilers, so if you people haven't seen it, you have to go watch it. Watch yeah, yeah. Oh, well, can they have to wait till your festival circuit is done? Yeah, or, to... yes, I'm not, we, there's a lot of, you know, festivals have an issue if you click right, online, yeah. so we're holding off for for a while. So. Yeah, now you but, people have to wait. But there's a bunch of festivals. We we actually just got into Big Apple Film Festival nice. oh, cool. this month. Cool. And we got in, we're playing at New York City Fest May 9th uh at the same my birthday oh is it mm. oh happy soon to be worth it thank you uh yeah we're playing at cinema village 
May 9th, Tuesday night from the 7 to 8.30 p.m. shorts block. Oh, cool. So you can get tickets. <clears throat> fun, fun, fun. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, since we're talking about, obviously, all these comedies that you have made or been involved with and like the subject of laughter, who is the funniest person that you know? Or the, <laughs> funniest, funniest, the funniest person in your own life? Oh, okay. like in my personal. Yeah, yeah. Who, like, who do you who do you know that? Right? I mean, I guess it could be someone that you watch on TV, but like, who just oh, makes yeah. you laugh more than anyone else in the world? Oh wow! I feel like I know a lot of funny people, so it's hard. You say them all if you want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me think. Well, my uh, collaborators, Tom Micah and Mike DeJoyer, are really funny. Um, a lot of my my good friends are just hysterical. Um, I also just like love like I'm always like looking for like some silly quirk about somebody and mm-hmm. like so I always feel like there's certain things I see my, my parents I think are really funny in their own way yeah. um, my my dad's definitely like got those cheesy jokes but he's also just like really says something funny once in a while he also just gets so he can get really frustrated sometimes <laughs> seeing him frustrated which we all feel mm-hmm. sometimes it's so like human to see sometimes and he just like when it, when it comes out it makes me yeah. laugh yeah. But I have to hold it in, so uh, when it happens, yeah. um, it's, it's, like, it's like you're watching a sitcom in real life, and you're like, man, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, my both my parents are hysterical. Um, in, in improv, when they would have they would have you like do different characters and like come up with different characters. I, I like actually did my mom in, in one of the classes like I basically impersonated my mom on purpose or like or did no just... like as a character choice for like a yeah. Like, oh wow. So that was that was uh, so that's just an example. Um, I'm not, not just saying my parents, but I think they're really, they could be really funny. Um, and who else is, there's somebody, I mean, Ryan Moore is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, in terms yeah, of Yeah, like, similarities to his character in Canned in Marijuana. Ryan. <laughs> 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 Ryan. Oh. Ryan's oh. character. Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, I love that, I, that idea of all like bad, nice guy, bad guys. Yeah. Um, so funny. Um, in terms of like bigger, like, comedic influence types and, and those I was like raised on Jim Carrey and like the Mike Myers comedy like Adam Sandler comedies oh, yeah. were big and I love stand up a big stand up I'm going to the, the cellar tomorrow night oh nice um, uh, and you know so I, I love you know comedy just any in any form basically um, so I like the, the the big stand ups I'm really into um, yeah I've raised on a lot of Jim Carrey movies love Phil Hartman from mm-hmm. SNL is a big mm-hmm. one Albert Brooks mm-hmm. is like a huge comedy and, and, and yeah Christopher Guest movies are amazing um, those are great there's a movie that was a big reference for Canned actually called American Movie oh I've uh, heard of it but I've never yeah. seen it though. yeah have you seen it yeah I've watched that I yeah. love it we yeah. watched it like a few times and it was more it was like also like a, like a kind of a thing for the uh, for the editing for like the intros kind mm. of we, we used for reference for some of it from that that that's a great great movie. Um, but yeah, uh, my my nana is was really funny. She she's since passed away years ago, but um, she's really funny. Um, yeah, so that that's a hard. I, I haven't thought about that because I feel like everyone. Uh, I have a lot of funny people in my in my life, luckily. So yeah, are you like? Yeah, do, do, do you feel like you're naturally drawn to funny people? I guess so. I mean, I feel like the community from especially in college. Um, uh, was very comedy oriented with what they were doing, mm-hmm. and like they had a little, they had some comedy sketch groups and stuff going on. That was um, that was fun too. So there was that. Um, but yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I feel like uh, me and my and my friends from high school, we were, like, we were always very silly. I'm still friends with them now. Like my friend uh, Nor and Pat are really funny. We were always trying to goof around in high school. You know, mm-hmm. we were just kind of like 
just fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like kind of like the big aim in the, in the aimless year, the years before college, it was like the aim was to just be silly and kind of screw around. You yeah. Know? So yeah. just to laugh. It's funny when you have that friend, especially someone who that you did like grow up with, that like in your mind you're like, this is the funniest person I've ever met, but they have no aspiration to be a comedian <laughs> or do anything in like the yeah. performance. And like and like, sometimes it's just a matter of like they just like hit like the right comedic thing for you, but also it's just, like they are just naturally being themselves. And, like them and themselves is just like funny on its own. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 I was having a conversation with someone recently about like dating people who do not have the same sense of humor. I mean, right. I'm no longer, like, I haven't been in the dating scene for a while, but I'm just, like, I can't, I probably only one date where somebody did not have the same <laughs> sense of humor as me, and I was just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, it was just weird, because you're just like, oh, you just don't yeah. laugh? Like, you yeah. just don't this? <laughs> like, you just don't find, like, you know, the, right. the unusual things in life, or do, like, even if, it, or if it's, like, dark humor, or if it's dry humor, like, they just, yeah. you know, it's kind of like a blank sheet of paper, and you're just like, wow, okay. Yeah, Ryan, uh, I remember talking to Ryan about that, like, a long time ago, a few years ago, and he was like, I feel like you gotta have a, I'm not doing a good Ryan impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, basically, like, if you gotta have a similar sense of humor, mm. or there has to be, like, yeah, that like, that kind of compatibility it, and like yeah with me and my in in my and my girlfriend it's like definitely that's important like we will laugh our ass off at something so yeah. it's really you need to have that you know you can't have like a piece of wood and like a malleable piece of it doesn't you know? work yeah, <laughs> yeah it won't work but it's a shared language too it's like it's you can, yeah. exactly and like exactly. i think it's, it, it is also good to like have like so, like be with someone who like thinks things that you don't think are funny are funny sometimes because right. then like you like have that balance of like Oh, you think that's funny? I don't. Why do you think that's funny? But then, when you can laugh at the same things, it's just like that unspoken thing, and then you know. And I think that kind of goes back to like the themes again of your movie too, where it's just like there's something very interesting and very powerful and fascinating about laughter in general, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Did you watch the uh, another big one that I loved is George Carlin? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, did you watch the George Carlin documentary? I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's that whole thing where I love every rewound it like twice. Um, when I saw it, where he's like, it's like they're showing the audience, the audience is laughing, and it's like, if you can get that, when they when they have that laugh, they're open, you can get your ideas in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like that moment, and it's like, yeah. It, like, it's yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's, and like, it's true, because that is... People are more open. Yeah, and that is the power of comedy that I think some people take, do take for granted sometimes, is mm-hmm. that it does do this thing. And it's funny, because I was, I was, I forgot what it was, but there was a comedian I was listening to, and they were talking about how they don't like people who applaud at comedy shows. Like, it's like, like when they come out when they leave, right? But like in the middle of the show, they're like, I don't like that because the thing about laughter is that it's an, an involuntary thing. Like you're laughing by yeah. accident, right? A lot of times. Like you can fake laugh, but like, <laughs> so there's something about like the, yeah, the, the, the laughter does like, like without you constantly doing it, it does break through those barriers and then allows these like, like good ideas to come into the, right. the conversation. Also with that documentary, I, it's so funny because I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like in my mind, George Carlin was always amazing to everybody, and like mm-hmm. he definitely like went out on top in a lot of ways. But like when they go into the part in that documentary about how there were just like these periods of his career where like people thought he was a hack and he was all right. news, which yeah. is like super fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I knew he did like the, like the Thomas the Tank Engine stuff too, but like I, I was a like, kid when that was out, so like yeah. it was like right in my exact like like zeitgeist of what I was watching anyway. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, think I it's also time. like circumstance and culture and society every time like <clears throat> when they're saying like comedy has shifted 
but people becoming I don't think they're becoming more rigid I think there's just a lot of other things currently in the world that are very <laughs> aggravating mm. and people are which is why yeah people do need to laugh more than right. ever because everyone's been through a big dog pile of shit <laughs> like it's I don't know how else to yeah. say that was that dog shit that's a dog pile, dog or pile or it's a pile of dog it's shit it's a dog pile of dog shit <laughs> <laughs> sometimes for I feel like it's harder for any comedy art form in general but especially like stand-ups but well actually I don't know if you say any like any movie like recently I just watched murder mystery like Adam Sandler's never seen the first one then I saw the first and second immediately people will come out with like negative reviews be like oh it's not as funny it's not as good but I'm like laughing my ass off and I'm like it's you know Adam Sandler like he's still like (laughs) entertaining he's still great he's still like you know one of the Jew guys yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. He is. He's gonna rush more of Jews for sure. And like he can do. I'm like, what are you kidding me? I can watch him in Uncut Gems, and I like it's amazing. And I can watch him do this silly thing with Jennifer Aniston, yeah. and I still love it. But it's you know because we get like that mix in life. There is so much drama and comedy and like yeah. sadness and whatever. And um, there's just like a whole mix. But people have to just be like less rigid. I feel like it's harder to pierce through sometimes mm-hmm. because people are just like like they won't allow themselves as much i don't know i don't know if it's like mm-hmm. free in their past i mean it's subjective but um or stuff with like <laughs> jordan and i watch triangle of sadness oh, no, i yeah. liked it a lot i'm definitely that girl for, i was that girl where i was just like <laughs> i was because I, I took it very seriously <laughs> and i was like this is terrible yeah, and i was like really? what's happening yeah. and i was just Like it's like it's funny. This is happening to rich people. It's hilarious. And I'm just like, but long in the boat. Like, it kind of works either way. You take it as like a very serious drama. It's still like very like captivating. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. You know? yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like, I mean, that film. A lot of it was also like shock humor, shock value, shock like. Yeah. I mean, it was more than that, but it was just like big, like. Uh, there's just so much, just uh, so much fluids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of fluids. Yeah, there is a lot of. Uh, I I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, but yeah, I saw it in theater with a lot of people too. I feel like that's the other thing with like certain. You know, what was okay. Sorry, what, am I going off topic? No, no, no. no, 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 no. Go. You know, it was like I it was such a memorable, relatively recent comedic film experience, and it happened before COVID. I saw Mandy. Oh, the, the, the cage movie, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like a part where he just starts screaming in a room. Yeah. And like you, you, I, you could feel like, and I love these moments where you feel like people don't know if it's like okay to laugh, and like this kind of, it's like <laughs> you just tell people are like letting laughter out, they're like bringing it back in because yeah. they're like, I don't know if it's okay. Yeah. But then everyone just kind of starts staggering laughter. It's like it's amazing when people are like. You know, when you're in a room with other people, how it kind of really like it's really almost like this community kind of 
thing in the air. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, sort of yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was actually... Oh, so... No, go ahead. No, I, you uh, mentioned earlier that you saw Bo is Afraid. Yeah. And I was wondering if you could uh, vaguely talk about what you thought about that. Because no, I haven't, spoilers, been, able to, spoilers, I haven't been able I to talk to anybody about it. I haven't uh, seen yeah. it. Yeah, I was curious um, what your thoughts are. There are some really funny, bizarre moments, but I feel like it's not like a comedy pure. Like, at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of a little bit... Uh, is it dark? It's a little darker, but yeah. it's good. It's just, it's fucking crazy. It's out there. I don't Did know. Did you make sense of a lot of it? Because yeah, yeah. people have been saying a lot of things don't make sense. I mean, I think there's definitely like some symbolism going on in there that you got to chew on. Okay. But um, I just think. Is three hours? How long is this? It's yeah. been three hours long. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. But, um, Two hours and 58 minutes, so that people can say that it's not a three hour right. movie. Wow. <laughs> but I liked it, but also part of it, it's like almost like. Felt like a there's like a thing about like your worst fears just like um, or not even your worst fears but like your your most immediate fears that might come up like just happening like an hour later. <laughs> it's like mm, consistently. Interesting. It's like almost like these these things just kept happening back and back to somebody who's like an anxious kind of person. And yeah, does I don't this know. take place in a day? Uh, I think it's a few days. Uh, yeah, okay. it's like a week. Is it like, I don't okay. know. Yeah, you saw it days. Yeah, I did yeah. see it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, I would actually probably actually like to watch it again at some point. Maybe not immediately, but I would probably <laughs> like to watch it again. Yeah. Um, but there were things I really liked about it. I also just love Parker Posey. Mm-hmm. So I was so excited to see Parker. There's like a lot of people. I love uh, Richard Kind is in it. He's amazing. Oh. So he was in it. That was great. Everyone was, it was great performances too. So um, yeah. I missed the Mariah Carey thing. Is there is Mariah because Mariah Carey is at the screening? Isn't her song in the movie or something like that? Wow, I had no idea. Uh, she, I song think, yeah, I'm not sure well, whether it's see, a song or she's in the movie. Yeah, I think she might be in the movie, but I'm, I don't think I, I wasn't saw exactly her. sure. I don't, yeah, don't I don't think I clocked that it was her. Yeah. I didn't catch any of Mariah Carey, so I'm still confused about that. But maybe I just. <gasps> what if they it. cut her out? Oh. Uh, no, I definitely did not cut anything. I heard there was movie. a thing. Maybe I just missed it. Or maybe there was a different song. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hey, it's, it's intriguing enough to get you probably to go back and watch it again to see if you can find Mariah Carey. Actually, I think I remember what it is now. Oh, there you go. I'm not going to say. But, yeah, I liked it. Um, what are your thoughts It is hard to spoil this movie because there's a lot of weird shit that happens that makes no sense. And then... There's just yeah. more crazier stuff that happens. That's what you could t- yeah, tell from the previews or when like they had like whatever the trailer was. And I'm mm. just like, okay, just by that, I can grasp that this is going to be very unusual. And I probably won't get it all in the first hand. <laughs> like it will have to be gi- digested later. But I'm like, okay, Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. Mm. It's going to be weird. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I mean, I love uh, seeing actors that are that good deciding to do weird fucking movies yeah, <laughs> you know it's like yeah but it's there's more still of for how long his career has been and he's still taking risks which you know, I'm yeah. like I'm like yeah don't keep yourself in a safe box like go like you found this like something about the script was calling to you and you wanted to do this okay yes yeah. I want to yeah. see it yeah sure are there actors that come to mind um if I ask like who's someone that you like like aspire to want to work with or like whether as like a, a co-actor or like directing an actor that's like someone that you just think would be very interested to see what the experience would be like oh um hmm I have not thought about that but uh we're getting your, your thought process live on the podcast right now. well then after he answers you have to answer <laughs> right. I, mean, ask a hard question. I mean there's um <clears throat> there's a lot of I mean, I don't know. There's so many good actors out there. I feel like there's like a huge swath of, of people that would be amazing to work with. Um, 
Who I like. I mean, Joaqu- yeah, Joaquin would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to work with Richard Kind. That would be cool. Like, not just because I watched film. No, I'm just thinking of that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, I do think Richard Kind's hysterical. Um, you have to get him in the right role. But He's uh, sustained his career for a long time, also. Yeah. There's a show called The Other Two. They're, they're great. Uh, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now I'm just thinking of shows I watch that I like. Yeah. And who's in that. That show is amazing. In Barry. Do you yes. watch Barry? Yeah, yeah. Yes. The, what's her name? Uh, the blonde haired girl? Yes. Oh, I don't know that. <laughs> she she is, is one of my like favorite actresses right now. She, and yeah. she is just amazing in that show. I think she's just like just amazing she's really, really uh, it good. has great performances she feels so real and when she like snaps in that show it's just like Sarah oh. Goldberg yeah she's yeah. she's amazing um, oh you made me think of because you said Barry so I'm thinking of um, Bill Hader dating Ali Wong which makes me think of Beef have you mm-hmm. seen that show yet? no it's on my very must must watch list talking about actors <laughs> so Steve Young would also. probably be on my list so oh, okay. like if I got to co- he amazing Steve Young's Amazing. Pretty cool. Yeah. David, David Cho's in the show too, right? Yeah. Is he yeah. good? He's good. Yeah. He's good. I don't think the he's entire like, cast. Yeah. Like everything was I like I have nothing bad to say about that show. Mm-hmm. Everything fired on all scratch. Like for even how it <laughs> devolved. <laughs> like where where they started and then where they took it. Right. Amazing. I think uh Chris Pine's amazing. Mm, I like yeah. him as an actor is great. Um, Florence Pugh is, is amazing. Oh, yeah. God I know, like, she's like, love. she's, she's so hot right now, but she really is. She's like, great though. But awesome. she's skilled. Um, she's yeah. so skilled. Yeah. Um, she's so a, there's a lot of house. Woody Harrelson is interesting to me. He's always doing mm-hmm. weird roles and like kind of, also like he, talking about comedy, yeah. like Triangle there's Sadness. so many great, yeah, Triangle Sadness, but like one of my favorite comedies ever, Kingpin. Yeah. Like, he's in that. And Cheers, amazing. He, he was, he's so funny in Cheers for all those years too. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. So there's there's a lot. I mean, there's also just like all the old actors that I, I in some universe would be amazing to like work with for mm-hmm. like a day. You know, like Jack Nicholson's probably not going to do anything ever again. But you know, <laughs> he's going to Laker games again. So he like, is. And, and, and and it happen. He's back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the easiest impression. Uh, but <laughs> he's out there. You know, that'd be cool. Like, there's some of that so you know there's there's a lot of uh, great talent out there be, I would be amazed to work with uh, any number of them yeah but good crap we'll see yeah. good crap yeah no mine's definitely Sally Field Sally Field number one oh, oh. Yeah. Did, you, did you watch oh. 80 for Brady I did unfortunately <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brady Bro, so, so we can objectively say that all th- four of those actresses are good, right? Because we've like seen all of them probably at some yes, point. They're yeah, they're very good. I walked out and I was like, wow, those are all terrible actresses. That's how bad the movie is. So I feel like definitely the best of all of them, Jane Fonda, bro. And like, I don't blame them because like, it, it was literally just a Tom Brady jerk off movie. Yeah. Um, so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like weird. Yeah. I'm a Jets fan, so I guess it's kind of like, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, if you're a Patriots <laughs> fan, you probably you're into it. But it's also like, He's not on the Patriots think, anymore, but he's playing a version of himself when he was on the Patriots, though. So. Yeah, he doesn't have the same identity that he used to have, because now he, I feel like he's been co-opted by kissing your children on the mouth and, like, being a Donald <laughs> Trump fan. <laughs> so I feel yeah, like people don't want to watch, like, a movie about him as much as, like, back in the day when, like, everybody was just like, Tom Brady's so hot! Tom Brady's so hot! Like, there wasn't a reason to, like... Yeah. Not think yeah. he was like hot and cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah but <laughs> yeah, you know, he didn't have to time. do that to Giselle. So like. Also that, yeah. Yeah, lost Giselle. 
Yeah. Like Giselle. She's not in the movie, is she? Giselle's not in the movie. No, but 80 for Giselle. Now there's a That would be I would so say. much better. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that rhymes with Giselle. I bet you uh, they will make the Giselle leaving Tom Brady movie in the next five years. Alright, alright. Hey, this, this is our time capsule, then, and we'll come back and listen to this. Wait, would they ca- like cast different actors? Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> oh, that's somebody I would love to work that, with. Yeah. She's me. Did you see Black Bear? No, I didn't. No. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Really yes. cool. Very really good. cool. Especially if Very you're like in, if you're like a filmmaker, it's like a cool. It, it's weird. It's a weird movie. I don't think it's like amazing, but I thought it was interesting. And uh, I think she was an interesting good. character in yeah. it too. Yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. we watched that. Was that part of? I think it was part of the Montclair Film, film Festival during COVID. Oh, was it? Yeah. So we watched it. Yeah, at home. That was the virtual. Yeah. Oh. Also, there are a lot of uh, documentary elements to Canned. What is your uh, goaded documentary? What is the greatest oh. documentary of all time to you? Or what do you oh, love? That's so hard. Well, I, I think American Movie right now is probably like my favorite. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a little... I feel like that's a little bit like mockumentary also. What? It's real though. Is it? It's real. Oh, wow. That's what's oh. crazy about it. It wow. feels like... It feels I didn't know like that. it's not real. Wow. It really, no, but I, totally. Like it doesn't feel like... Wow. But it's real. <laughs> That's why it's funny. That's why it's so funny. Oh, wow. But, that's um, horrific. Oh, my God. I'm just re-watching that in the movie in his head right now. Yeah. If it isn't real... That's so um, horrible. If it isn't real, please tell me because I want to know. But I'm pretty sure it is. Cause like, I, I, thought, I thought something similar. I think the first time I watched it, and someone was like, no, it's real. And I was like, what? So, yeah. Um, that is a goaded movie. Yeah. yeah no, it's, it's pretty... Yeah, it's, wow. it's insane. Um, other docs I like... Um, I mean, I'm a big music, like I love good music docs, so, um, you know, Give Me Shelter is great. What's the other one I have? Oh, I, I, The Last Waltz is great, but it's also like half a concert, but it really is an amazing, uh, documentary and like, there's also great stories in there, but there's a great scene where like all of them are in a room, like talking to camera together. Mm -hmm. And I actually kind of, I watched that after I finished shooting. I was like, fuck, I should have had like a big group talking head scene. Um, yeah, what other docs? There's like a million that I'm, I can't even think that I'm, you know, I'm so bad on the spot with these things. So Does I'm this really motivate good. you to make another mockumentary? Or you tried to do um, like a different I think this story, no, I think this story has like worked for the for it, for this story so mm-hmm. much, that genre. But I, don't, I think if I extended it, then yeah, I'd probably stick with mockumentary. But, I but think it depends it, on that project. Yeah, if I do another, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't, I would definitely not say I'm like, gonna stick with mockumentaries going forward necessarily mm-hmm, but maybe mm-hmm. if another story is really great for it um maybe but um i do love christopher guest films too yeah. so you know i love i think my favorite's probably mighty wind yeah um, yeah you know because I, I actually i didn't see one show a year ago yeah like, so like i best in show i'd seen like a, a while ago like waiting for government to see a while ago mm-hmm. but like a mighty wind i like i didn't i, didn't, I think i didn't see it for a while because it doesn't have like the best reviews and then i watched it and it's like amazing like the music in it is also like amazing too like aside yeah. from everything but yeah no i feel like, yeah, like that movie actually has like a lot of the best parts of the other christopher guest movies like, including like spinal tap like, like all of that feels like it kind of culminates in i'm like right man, you know yeah um yeah, yeah. that the best in show i saw when i was very young mm. um so you know i feel like there's a lot of comedies that are like adult comedies that mm. if you see when you're at a young age and you see adults laughing like it just kind of like you just kind of like oh this is how you get them to take you seriously maybe uh, sort of thing yeah take you seriously it, but like yeah. it's like oh like they really you know it's just like a something you I feel like when it when when certain 
when you're not in on the joke and you see like that, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's something in here that I need to understand or figure out. And that yeah. was like one of those yeah. films, <laughs> like the two left uh, feet thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's basically how, how I, uh, you know, gained the love of my parents was best best in show. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. It's a joke. Yeah. That's, no, a, really no, bad, that's a really bad joke. Brandon's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, same, same, same. You say so, yeah. Um, no, but, like, so, but like, you, do, you have a conscious memory of, like, being a child remembering that, like, like registering that, though, of, like, of, like adult think that this thing is funny? There's, like, definitely, yeah, I think there's things where, like, when it was, uh, you know, with your with siblings and like your parents and like you're all watching something together mm-hmm. and you're all like laughing at it that makes an impression so like that was definitely one of those things um you know some jim carrey like the jim carrey movies from back in the oh. day yeah uh, he yeah. Made so much of our childhood yeah. <laughs> and like over the course of like, I mean, like not like a short time but like there's like a period where he's just cranking those movies out and like almost every yeah. single one of them is great you know yeah so. yes except for um not a big fan of uh, which one? The Majestic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it's like definitely like he's good in it, but like it's not a Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, yeah like, it's not, fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Well, well, Steve, thank you so much for uh, coming thank on the podcast. Thanks for sharing your stories with us. Uh, please plug anything you have. Uh, anything coming yes. up you want people to know about? Shout Where they out. Can find yeah. you. Yeah, uh, our Instagram is at canned the movie. Um, our website is risiblefilms.com, R I S I B L E F I L M S.com. We're still updating it, but it's. Uh, That'll be in the bio, the <laughs> yeah. description below, I think. Right. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. I'll be copying it yeah. enough to do that. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah pop it in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and we're, yeah, we're playing May 9th at Cinema Village, part of the New York Cinefest. Um, that's C-I-N-E-F-E-S-T, one, one word, Cinefest. Um, so that, we're playing there at 7 to 8.30 p.m. slot. Um, if you go to our Instagram bio, you can get tickets. Cool. And then, yeah, we're playing, we're going to be in the Big Apple Film Festival this month. I'm not sure when that, that takes place from May 19th through the 25th. And then more, yeah, more to come, but those are the big, uh, the big spots. And Portland, Oregon? Yeah, Portland, Oregon. We go coast to coast. Yeah, May 22nd. Or May 21st, excuse me, we're playing at Port in Portland. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so the much. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah, and be sure to keep checking out LNH Studios, LateNightHump.com, all things LNH. Uh, we have a musical improv show, duly noted, on May 26th, the Friday, 8 p.m. at the Westchester Collaborative Theater. We're going to be doing, uh, yeah, musical improv. So we're going to be making some stuff up and singing about it. So it's like nothing you've ever seen before. And then we have some stand-up coming up too, Jordan. Yeah, I got a couple shows coming up this week. I'm going to be at Arcadia in uh, Queens, Astoria, specifically on Wednesday night. And then Thursday night, I'm going to be in Montclair, New Jersey. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, We're kind of uh, related to Montclair today, (laughs) one way or another. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I'm going to be there at Just Jake's on Thursday. Yeah, great restaurant.